wide to Jake Mulraney. Mulraney curls it in. It's knocked around. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Orlando Soccer Show, where this week uh, something unexpected happened, and it's kind of good and kind of bad, and we'll explain why over the course of this next uh, 45 minutes or so. Welcome in. My name is Austin David. Joining me today are Gavin Eubank and Kyle Foley, and gentlemen, Orlando City and the Orlando Pride won this weekend. For the first time in league play since June of last year. How about that? Does Austin, it count? I'm sorry. Does it count? <laughs> Off to a flyer here, guys. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Someone talk, please. I was just going to say that Austin, right off the bat, committed the golden sin and directly told everyone what we're aiming to do recording-wise as far as time goes, which means we're going to blow right past that. Of course, this is this is true. Uh, no, I'm just I was just gonna say, does it count as both teams winning if both games uh, were won one nil on own goals? I mean, what what does the standings say? I mean, they are they are technically wins, and so that is technically correct. And as we all know, technically correct is the best kind of correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah, no, we're neither we're, of we're, them we're good here. <laughs> Neither of them felt like wins. No. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, spiritually, they felt like wins. Eh, I have an analogy that I can't use on the show, but I have an analogy. Uh, good content here. Well, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to. We're a family-friendly enterprise. Ah, of course, yes. Yes, family-friendly all they, the way. Got They do say the best podcasts are the ones where you hold back everything that you want to say on it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this is one of those rare moments, though, where I'm being a little self-aware and knowing that this might it might cross the line a little mm. bit. Th- this is fair. Which, let's, let's let's keep that to which, yourself. You know, in six years of doing this podcast, shows that we have grown a long way from <laughs> where we used to. We be. have we have we have really really developed as human beings and as podcast hosts. I mean, we are award nominated podcast hosts. Yeah, character you know, I, building. I've been able, we've been able to build ourselves up so that like internally we're working on like a six second delay so that we're dumping everything before it actually comes out of our mouths now. (laughs) Oh, Lordy. Right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about Orlando City and Orlando Pride. We're recording this before the OCB game against Inter-Miami 2. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Do, do, Do you really care though? I now, I, I mean, as still, a listener, you know, the they listeners are at home. still in the playoff <laughs> hunt, guys. Okay. okay. MLS, MLS Next Pro is like, whose line is, is it anyway? The points are made up. None of it matters. It's just a f- fun time for somebody. It, it matters to Rochester, New York, and St. Louis City, too, because those are the only two teams that aren't just affiliates. Those are the teams that actually have only one team. How does so Saint Louis it matters City, for them. How does St. Louis 2 only have one team? That's a Because St. Louis City does not exist until next year. Right, but it's still going to exist and they're still going to be affiliated with them. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah, but for now, that's that's their team. Uh, Jamie Vardy's Rochester team. In the playoffs, by the way, as of right now. I just, just making a note of know, that. They may have playoffs. I don't yep. know if anybody cares that they have playoffs, but they have them. Well, if Orlando City B wins tonight, they'll be on 17 points, which is a whole eight points out of fourth. So, still a long way to go. I dare anyone listening, anyone not named Austin, because I'll give Gavin and I, I'll lump us both into this too. I dare anybody to just give the number of how many teams are in MLS Next Pro without Googling it. Uh, 24. I have no clue. I don't even want to make a guess. Is it like make 18 a guess. Come or something? On. Let's go 18. Uh, it's uh, 21. <sighs> yeah. So we so split nobody it right is, in the middle. Like, don't even know how many teams are in the league. <laughs> so who who cares? 
(laughs) Well, here's the thing. They're they're adding more next year because like a lot of the (laughs) affiliated teams that are playing in USL championship are moving over. So over the next two years, there'll be like almost 30 teams, I think. Yeah, I mean, it should be a really easy thing. There just should be as many teams as there are MLS teams because the only teams in MLS Next Pro should be MLS affiliate teams. But they're not because it's a joke because all of the soccer pyramid in the United States is a joke. Anyway, not jokes. Talking about the pride in Orlando City who won some games this weekend. What a brilliant segue. That, I see, know, again, amazing. I'm such a long just, way. Just... And that, folks, is why we're nominated as one of the best podcasts in Orlando. Yeah, hey, uh, great segue again. Gavin, oh, my God, you guys are killing it. Wow. Be sure to head over to vote.orlandoweekly.com and vote for the Orlando Soccer Show as the best podcast not on radio, as we have been nominated. We're going to be pushing this every week until voting stops in August, so prepare yourselves for that. And we're we're not going to ask for them to stop the count. We're going to want them to keep counting, count the mail-in ballots, count the virtual ballots, count the hand-delivered ballots until we are declared the winners. And we will not give up until we are declared the winners. I'm counting all ballots. I don't care what the what it was voted for, what contest. It, they're all counting. Yep. Yep. This uh, this rule, podcast, rule, rule by the way, by. is off to such a good start, off to such a Ferrari esque good start that now we just have to worry about where it's going to break down down the line. <laughs> it's going to be when my Tylenol wears off, and I feel like death <laughs> <Yes>. again. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll start with Orlando City, and then we'll get into Pride, and then we'll we'll wrap up the show in our usual fashion of, you know, weird news. Where are they now? And red cards. So, game was supposed to start at 8 o'clock on Saturday night. It started almost at 10.30, about two and a, two and a bit hour delay. I'm, um, I'm kind of impressed that was our first weather delay this season. That it took yeah. till July. That's, that 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 was kind of impressive. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there was another weather delay, but I can't honestly think there of wasn't. one. At least that's at home. At least there at wasn't. Home. That's why I said it was the first. Do you yeah. question my knowledge? Do you question my accuracy? I am committed to the facts, Austin David. I mean, to be fair, you are on on painkillers right now, so I I do kind of question. Oh, I don't know facts. if Tylenol counts as like that's not that's not. It doesn't do anything to your brain. Existence does more damage to my brain than Tylenol. Oh, you know what they say, existence <laughs> is pain. Nothing matters, eat Arby's. Exactly. <laughs> well, speaking of nothing mattering, uh, <laughs> the game was supposed to end nil-nil. It was supposed to be an Inspector Brad special where it finished after two and a half hour rain delay, nil-nil. Everyone would have gone home mad because the game was uh, sloppy. It was what, what? What is the right word for this game? Um, you know that that sketch from um, I think you should leave where they they have sloppy steaks. And they slop them up. Sloppy steaks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- this felt like that where they just kept slopping it up. Well, I. I get where you're going, but I think in that case, sloppy steaks are a good thing. That means the night's going well if you're having a sloppy steaks uh, yeah. at Trevano's. I, I mean, I, yeah. For for the for the for the context of the the skit, yes, but for the outside viewer, it felt like that. So maybe because like Orlando City, like Oscar Pereja after the game when I asked him about it, he said we deserved those three points. So in that context, Oscar Pereja and Orlando City are the diners at Trevano's eating the sloppy steaks, and then everyone watching the show, watching them eat sloppy steaks, is the audience. That's fair. That's, yeah. That's that's better. Did Orlando that's, that's deserve the three points, though? Did uh, Stats-wise? Uh, no. Stats-wise, actually, kind of. Like, no. out of the two teams, the team that deserved it most based on the stats was Orlando. The stats were about as even as it gets. What are you talking about? Yeah, I know. I mean, like it's it's barely like it's barely a an advantage <laughs> to Orlando, but like yeah, it's not a it's not a deserved. I mean, they're within a margin of error for yes. expected goal and for shots. Both yes. teams only had one shot on target. Like, yes. I don't know. If, now, I don't know if you could say any team deserved a win. No, I no. think I neither think, does neither team fully deserved to win. 
I think the fans that win because that's that that was rough for them. And kudos yeah. to them. Kudos to you the know, definitely twenty thousand that the club announced was there. It's a hundred percent accurate number. Well, by the time the game started, it was about half that. I think I honestly think it was about ten thousand people that stayed, which is still pretty impressive. Now that I think about it too, Austin, you actually did hit that one on on the head there because Orlando City was trying to convince fans all game that people can change because coming off of DC, they used to be a real piece of shit. <laughs> Thank you. Uh yeah, that that DC game in hindsight now because the uh Philadelphia DC game finished 7 nothing in favor of Philly. Uh certainly looked worse on paper that Orlando City gave up 5 goals to a team that also just conceded 7 a couple days later. So in it that context, took Orlando City also having their highest goal scoring output of the year to still lose by two goals. Yeah, not good. If that's if that's the yeah. best way to sum Who up a team this that season. went on to lose seven nothing. Like that's yeah. it's not even like it was against a good team. They th- that team DC United conceded ten goals in five days. Yeah. You know what's funny too, and not to just keep sidetracking all this, but like remember when they lost to Cincinnati at home earlier in the year, and it was like, oh my god, I can't believe it. Now here, like Cincinnati's like actually been good all year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they are currently in the playoff hunt, yeah. along with Charlotte, who fired their coach midseason. Mm-hmm. What a, what a con what a time we're living in, guys. Honestly, what, we what a certainly time. live in a society. I'll tell you what. You know, I feel like we say that every week, and every week it is completely accurate so as of right now is in the upside down right now because then you also have kansas city who was the best team in the west last year are now 13th in the west you know this season in mls is pretty strange but i've seen stranger things happen That's all we got for this week, folks. Uh, <laughs> That's see, all you got. Next week. <laughs> I still got more to talk about. <laughs> no, Orlando I like, I mean, currently. Was, so. Orlando's currently in fifth with twenty-eight points, nineteen games played. New York Red Bulls currently first with thirty-three points. So there's five points separating fifth and first. Now, if you look further down the table. Uh, New England's currently in ninth, which is outside the playoffs. Uh, they are three points behind Orlando. Then they you look a little bit a further down. Either. Right. They, you know, they did not. Um, you look down further, you have Atlanta, Toronto, D.C., and Chicago to round out the bottom. Uh, uh, the Chicago, soccer-loving city of Chicago. Let's yeah, be the very city, clear. The city of Chicago. And Chris Mueller did score in that game, by the way. They were up 2 nothing. And then it finished 3-2 in favor of Columbus because they blew a 2-0 lead at home, mind you. So that was a thing. Uh, then DC, obviously, their their goal differential is now double digits uh, in the negative. Yeah, but incoming manager Wayne Rooney is going to save the day. The, the man whose wife hated the city of DC, willing to come back. What a time. Sure, why not? I mean, they they did do they they were better when Wayne Rooney was in the club, whether he was playing and or you know just at the club, they were better. If there's yeah, I mean, one like, man that can bring DC together at this time, it's it's Wayne Rooney. All of the divide and chaos, the RFK on fire, the raccoons <laughs> getting into the wiring. This is the man <laughs> that's gonna do Funny it. Is all of the things going on at RFK right now still less chaotic than? watching dc united play so it's very chaotic watching that but orlando lost to him so you know what a great what a great year guys yeah what amazing soccer we're getting yeah what what a time we're living in here back to this orlando city game though um the way things wrapped up with this game it finished one nothing uh damian lowe who scored the own goal to give Orlando the win, uh, did so off a Jake Mulraney cross into the box. He kind of tried to clear it as 
uh, Drake Callender was coming out to meet it, got a little bit of wires crossed, and it uh, he roofed it. It was a great goal if he was scoring for, <laughs> you know, Orlando. Great goal. Uh, that was the first own goal to, I think, the first own goal to concede a, in stoppage time. Does it, does it ever? Do we, like in history? No, I didn't even... Do we do we count that as an assist for Mourinho? Would that make it his first Orlando City assist, or has he had one already? Uh, mm. I'm curious about that. Yeah, you know that's that's a. I mean, I'm saying we question. count it in my in my official record book, counting it. Yeah. Um. Okay. So Damian Lowe is the first player in MLS history to score a stoppage time own goal in a one nothing loss. I mean, that's this is getting like ESPN level of like ridiculous statistics where that's like, an opta statistic uh, thank you very much I, i'm i no no what i'm saying is you know how like espn will do like you'll have a guy in like his second ever career game and they're like oh he's got a career high yeah it's like okay thanks thanks pal like we get it <laughs> he's only yeah. played two games in the first game he played five minutes so yeah like okay also first uh, ever to score an own goal in a one nothing loss <laughs> in stoppage time is very specific very specific. You you want to know something else? Weird fun fact here. Um, Orlando City is currently third in clean sheets in MLS. That is. And that's all. And that's impressive, especially when you think about the fact that Carlos, Antonio Carlos has been out a bit. Mm-hmm. Both, um, both fullbacks have not been very good this year. Pedro mm-hmm. Glesse has been lesser than we expect at times this year. And yeah, <laughs> I would I wouldn't say that about he's been lesser. I would say that the defense hasn't part of been him has as been good worse. at times. I mean, he wasn't great against DC the other night. He certainly let a few more questionable shots past him this season than we've come to expect. But I mean, mm-hmm. with the rate that Orlando City is scoring, this team could be in a much better position just simply given the defense. Um, if they can. Just find the back of the net a little bit more, which you know is you need a defense to win a championship, and they've got that piece. They just don't have the other ones. And they had that piece ish. <laughs> Still been inconsistent, but not as inconsistent as the offense. I feel like the defense has either been it's either been clean sheet or allow three goals, whereas yeah. offensively it's been score nothing or score one goal and. Yeah, because I'm I mean, to be fair, a, a number of those clean sheets were, in fact, like one nothing wins. They won one nothing against Toronto. Um, they won two nothing against Columbus. One nothing against Chicago. One nothing against the LA Galaxy. Um, two nothing against Montreal, and a a Inspector Barrett special against Chicago back on March fifth. Yeah, I would say that's also, I guess, I kind of like correcting myself there. So they do oh. have a lot of shutouts, but when you look at in between the lines there, mm-hmm. where they they also have a lot of games where they also are just completely miserable in the back. You're talking about four goals against LAFC, three goals against the Red Bulls, four goals against Montreal, uh, three goals against Dallas, that five goal game against DC United. So they have a lot of good games, but they also have a lot of bad games. Yes, but what you're saying is, and from what I'm hearing, um, that four-goal LAFC game was the game Antonio Carlos got hurt. Yes. So everything before that, they the only outlier is Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Which is a pretty significant outlier, but yes, I'll, we'll yeah. give you that. Yeah, but Cincinnati's not bad this year is what I'm getting at. Then well, everything I mean, else has is, is been the pairing of Schlegel and uh, Robin Johnson, or whenever one of them is suspended, then you have Kyle Smith at center back. And then there was also that game where they were up, well, where oh, they were Thomas up two nothing against Austin when they had the two red cards and then gave up two goals and tied. Yeah, yeah, that was dumb. Yeah, so there's also that in there. Yeah, there there are some outliers in there. Definitely some outliers. I'd say well, anyways, the defense is better than the, more often than they are worse, which Correct. You know, this is, all things so, considered is a good thing to say. Yeah, what I'm trying to say is this is the first shutout win for Orlando since they won in stoppage time back on May 14th against Toronto, which Sheesh. was 
yeah, another stoppage time goal, which would have otherwise finished nil-nil. That goal was also scored in the 92nd minute by Kyle Smith. This one, 92nd minute own goal, Damian Lowe. So, weird coincidences around Orlando, you know, not just with the Orlando City and Pride, but also the fact that their last shutout came with a 92nd minute own goal. Or just goal in general. Not own goal, but goal. Weird. Very weird. Other range strange fact from this game uh inter miami have now failed to score in seven of their 18 games this season only the chicago fire and columbus crew uh have done it more often this season in eight games which again weird because chicago understandable they're bottom of the table but columbus who have failed to score in eight games are currently uh three points away from orlando Yeah, that's, that's the, that's the MLS, MLS Eastern for Conference for you, too. Yeah, They've also Everyone's allowed the so second the, the second least goals this season. Only they're, they're also behind Philly. From what, from what I'm seeing, they're the only team outside of the top three of the Eastern Conference with a positive goal differential. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's because they can't score. They, they can defend, but they can't score. They have seven draws. Which is the same amount as New England, actually. New England just has an extra game played and an extra loss. It almost feels impossible, doesn't it, to have almost all but four teams in the Eastern Conference have negative goal differentials? That is so weird. The top three, now, understandable, uh, have a positive goal differential. And then Columbus, who's in eighth, is the only other team. Yeah, I mean, most of them the are like... Side. Like Montreal's is is only negative two, Charlotte only negative one, New England only negative one, Atlanta negative three, Orlando negative four. So like, there's a lot that aren't as dramatic. Then of course you have DC with negative fourteen, Toronto negative ten, and and Chicago negative nine. So I think I think for the most part, like in the in the Western Conference, you only have what one, two, three, four, five teams with a negative goal differential, but four of those are five or more. Uh, and then one of them is is negative one with Houston. So I think it's definitely kind of a flip of the coin on either side of the plus or minus with a lot of those Eastern Conference teams. But the Eastern Conference feels a lot more top-heavy than the Western Conference, I would say. Oh, for sure. Because, I mean, outside of, I guess, I guess we have to take New York, like the Red Bulls, seriously. But even NYCFC has been really struggling since Ronnie Dalia left. Um, I mean, outside of Philadelphia and the Red Bulls, like, who is legit on that side? We know New York's good, but like I said, they they haven't been playing very well lately. Red Bulls picked up a big wait, win against Red Bulls or NYCFC is what you mean. He he meant FC. Okay. Because um, yeah, did you see New York Red Bulls are first? New York yeah, City. Did you see what happened in the NYCFC game this week? I saw they had what three penalties. <laughs> they awarded they actually, to them. I think they had yeah they had four. Or no, they had three penalties awarded to them. Two were scored, one was saved. Mm. But still dumb. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that, like, I mean, like, you know, Kyle kind of said, it's a flip of the coin for the goal differential. I mean, you could say that about almost any game against Eastern Conference opponents right now. They're so, they're all so up and down. This whole conference is so tight. What do we have? Six, seven points separates first place um eight points separates first place from eighth place whereas in the eastern conference or in the west that's 13 points separates first from eighth place mm-hmm. you also get a lot of games in the eastern conference where you look at two teams that look evenly matched on paper a game that should be like a one or two goal difference and it ends up being like a four nothing win for someone yes it's just a lot of really random results that you're not seeing mm-hmm. in the western Which, conference you know this is the parody that Major League Soccer wants, and this is what they've designed their league to do, and that they're they're certainly getting it. You have your your teams that are better than most, but for the most part, no one's running away with it in the East right now. Uh, which, if you're Orlando City, it gives you a reason to feel confident that you know. I mean, by no means are they in danger of missing the playoffs or anywhere near being out of that picture, but you know. You can go through struggles like they have the last several weeks and still feel confident that you're just as good as anybody in this conference, at the very least. 
Yeah, at the at the very least. Um, yeah. Now, back back to the the kind of grand scheme of things for Orlando. They they play on Wednesday against um, Colorado. In Colorado, so it's a nine o'clock kickoff on Wednesday, as you do. Then they come back to our, uh, the East Coast, play Atlanta on the weekend on Sunday at three on Big ABC. So strap in for that one. Uh, then that next week is the Arsenal game, and then they play Philly that weekend. A lot of a uh, lot of games coming up. Mm-hmm. And then after Philly, it is Open Cup, right? Uh, yes. Mm. And that's again a midweek game. Yeah, so that's going to be really interesting because Philadelphia is going to be a tough game, and you you want the points from that, but with Open Cup on the line, and that's probably going to be like your best chance at a trophy this year. The balancing act is not one I that I envy Oscar Preya having to be in. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, one other thing to note from this past game, Benji Michel. He did not have the greatest of games. However, he did celebrate his 100th appearance for the club over all competitions. Uh, he only has 87 in MLS, but over the course of the playoffs, U.S. Open Cup, MLS is back, and even League Cup, he now has 100. Uh, the next closest person is Kyle Smith, who currently has 92. So if he plays in eight more games this year, he will have played 100 games for Orlando City. Does that City. make him... Does that make him third? Because it's Higuain was Higuain was, was the first it, it, one, right? So Higuita was the first. Higuita was the first one. Then Sasha came Chris Mueller. Okay. Then Robin. Why am I thinking of Tesho? Then Tesho. Okay. Then Juan, and now Benji. Okay. So Benji is now the sixth to hit the one hundred, and the fourth this the third this year. Robin Tesho and Juan and no, he's the fourth this year to hit a hundred games. That is uh, not great for a team that's been in the league now for what eight seasons. Well, they've had two prior because of just the amount of turnover on the roster. That's what that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it it means the last eight years have been just an ungodly amount of turnover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that is very true. Uh, other players that are on the horizon, Sebas is on 83. Junior Urso is on 81. Mauricio is on 79. Andres Perea is on 73, which doesn't feel like that. Uh, Jamutinho, despite missing as many games as he has, he's on 70. Antonio yeah, Carlos, also 65. Not like play again. Yeah, Pedro. Well, actually, funny enough, uh, I actually ran into Zhao at the game, talked to him a little bit just about things. Um, he said his, I mean, his, his foot is out of the boot. He said he's feeling better. Uh, he said he should be back to training sometime in the next week or two. I'm, ex- I'm just expecting him to get sold off. Like that was more, he might, he may sign a pre-contract, but I think he'll be here for the rest of the year because his contract runs mm-hmm. until the end of the year. And then he leaves on a free. So if anything, he'll be here till the end of the year. It's just a matter of in what capacity like will it be another chris Mueller situation where his he's just mentally checked out so that's that's kind of where we're at right now with uh with orlando city yeah any more uh observations from the game it was bad it was just it was not a great yeah. game say, listen you like look you at the said. stats like the 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 biggest thing that i kind of took away from it is if you look at like the team's total touches out of out of the starters, Benji Michel and Urchon Kara had a, a combined uh, thirty four touches between them. Yeah, which I want to say was Kara had like twenty eight, twenty seven ish against DC the last week, right? Yeah, but the thing yeah. is with Kara, like he needs service. Yeah. He's not getting anything. 
Like they're just keying it because he's like the lone man up top. So basically, they're just kind of keying in on him defensively and marking around right, the and game. Only... And, and like doesn't help that he, the, you know, the rest of the team isn't like getting him the ball as much. Only two key passes from Pereira in this game. Eighty mm. percent passing on forty-one passes. Not yeah. great from your attacking midfielder. Um. I mean, Robin Jansen, Rodrigo Schlegel were pretty good defensively. They both, um, six interceptions between them, 10 clearances. Uh, Schlegel had three tackles. Cesar Arojo, very Araujo, good game yep. again. Araujo, yeah. like eight I said, tackles. He, had, he, had, he said nine fouls he collected. I mean, he was very good. Um, yep. Across all competitions, 84%. Across all competitions, yeah. Araujo has been fouled 70 times. Yeah, he's. You know, we, like we were talking about before this, he's he's that one guy. You know, he's stepping into that role that Sebas Mendes has played the last few years, and of being that enforcer in the midfield, the guy that gets the touches, moves the ball around, but also brings up takes on the pressure. Like happily accepts the challenges that these opponents are going to throw at him, and and be that kind of um, you know dummy in the midfield, <laughs> that punching bag um, for the midfield. And, and he's playing that role. Well, you know, he's, he's doing a very good job. He's got a promising future. He's building for himself here in Orlando. Yeah. And then absolutely. I'd say, um, Michael holiday too. He, he is, you know, he only played, um, a, a handful of minutes, but you know, he's one of those guys that's, he hasn't played a whole lot, but when he does go on the field more often than not, he's showing some glimpses of, of, you know, what, everyone is talking about, you know, these things that make him a, a promising prospect for Orlando city. And now that the U 20 championships are over and, you know, maybe he's still got a picture with the national team next year going into the Olympics. But, uh, I'd like to see a lot more of him coming down and with this congested schedule, we might just see that, especially with the way that these, uh, fullbacks have been struggling this year. I think based on his games that he played with the U twenties and based on some of the, feedback i've heard about his performances i would say that if huan continues to struggle you may see more mikey holiday sooner rather than later yeah which you know they need they need someone to step up and if it's not going to be huan you got to start looking mm-hmm. huan who had a 666 rating last night on whose court that's uh track. that's the sign of the devil Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Well, anyways, uh, I think we'll move on from Orlando City into the Orlando Pride, which, you know, I feel like a lot of the same things we said about Orlando City could be transferred over to the Orlando Pride for this game. I say literally just take everything we said, change a few names around, and it's it's the exact same. Except Although it's it way more a, impressive it, for the Pride. It wasn't a stoppage time goal that won it for the no. Pride. It was a second half goal that was originally given to Kylie Strom who if it had you know actually been given to her it would have been back-to-back games that she would have scored in after not ever scoring in NWSL so that that just it almost seemed too good to be true uh but I mean if you watch the goal it was very obviously an own goal from Ali Prysock from Houston uh goal came in the 79th minute and um yeah it was just it was a very sloppy game from both sides uh neither team had an expected goal over one and shot wise like orlando had 11 and six on target but only a 0.47 expected goals so like what does that tell you about their their quality of chances and then same with houston 0.59 their shots were six shots on target were two and yet they had a higher expected goals. So that's that's kind of the the story right now. But the big news is that the Pride did, in fact, win. They have now moved all the way up into ninth uh, based on their latest result. They are technically tied with Gotham, but Gotham has also played two less games. Not ninth out of how many? Twelve. Uh, that's what I thought. So racing Louisville, Washington, and the, the North Carolina Courage – are below them, which is just weird. Like Washington Spirit, who won the championship just last year, ninth. North Carolina, who have been good for years, dead last. 
You know what's funny is when we were talking about DC earlier being like a mess to watch, I was going to make a comment about how like every team in DC is a mess to watch right now. But in the back of my mind, I was like, well, I don't know that the spirit are bad right now. So I'm not going to make that comment. Well, now you can't. To them. <laughs> well, now I can. Yeah. DC and sucks. It's not even just soccer, guys. No. Everything. Every team up there. The Nationals are bad. The Commanders are always bad. Both soccer teams are not good. Keep forgetting no, that they're s- called the Commanders now. I'm sorry, we have to refer to them by their actual historic name, the Washington the football team. Oh. <laughs> WFT. Yeah. I, I believe in history. I believe in not, not abandoning our history, so they must be referred to as the Washington football team. That's true. <laughs> uh, anyways, the, the Pride um, currently three wins, three draws, five losses. Uh, a minus fourteen goal differential after their six nothing and five nothing losses over the last couple weeks, respectively. Uh, that ruined their goal differential. But they they have the uh, the eighteen year old kid coming uh, in at some point soon. I don't know when specifically. Uh, I asked Seb the other day, and he said soon, hopefully. So we'll we'll see. It's a matter of getting her visa cleared and her. Uh, paperwork sorted with the league before she can come over and start training so it may be a little bit of time before you actually see her on the pitch or maybe she'll come off the bench next week i don't know i'll let you know once i know (laughs) point of the matter is pride got the win seb hines got his first win as interim head coach and now they are looking to build Against Washington, funny enough. So it's it's a battle at the bottom with the ninth place and 11th place team playing each other at Audi Field this weekend. All right. Um, I did want to talk about something before we move on from the Pride, and that was Luis Muzi, uh, kind of going back to Orlando City. He made some comments this uh, during the weather delay, you know, because... There was nothing else going on, and he talked a little bit about what uh, what they what they might be doing during the the, the uh, transfer process. So uh, no, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Well, there was he, no answer he said it, in any of that. Yeah, I'm gonna play it, and then we're gonna talk about it. All right, here is Luis Muzi. Uh, and, and that's uh, of course something that we worked at the beginning of the year to get. The, we are in a position now that we have three DPS and three under 22s. Unfortunately, Gaston Gonzalez got hurt, but as per league rules, he still takes up one of those under-22 spots. So we're not in the same position as some other clubs with DP spots open, but uh, we're, we're looking at the market as not as uh, active as we could have been, uh, but uh, trying to get uh, complementary pieces to what we have now. All right, so that was Luis Muzi talking about uh, what the uh, the transfer market's looking like. And uh, hmm. he said, uh, we're not in the same position as other clubs because we don't have DP slots open, and um, they're trying to get complementary pieces to what they have now. Discuss. Translated, keep your expectations low. They're not going to go out and get Jesse Lingard, is what they're saying. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, we we knew this going into the summer window. Orlando doesn't have the DP slots open. They don't have the U22 slots open. But, you know, I think what a lot of folks are maybe not expecting or at least hoping for is something. Because we, we all are seeing the same team. We're all seeing where the flaws are, where the opportunities to upgrade are. And, you know, for Orlando to not make... It doesn't even have to be massive moves, but to make moves that bolster this club, that show we think this team can win a championship this year, or at least contend for one, to make those moves and to kind of lower expectations and say, listen, you know, we, we don't, we're not in a position to do basically without saying it, you know, we're not going to sign the players you, you guys want us to sign. We're going to we're going to sign players who are going to be hopefully good soccer players that make this team a little bit better, but you're not going to see wholesale changes, at least not this summer. And, you know, yeah, I, I, I will say 
at least they're up front. At least he's being honest because it does set expectations a little bit more realistically now, moving forward at least. Absolutely. I think that, you know, not necessarily defying expectations this year, but I don't know. What what would I, you discuss? What would you say this is? Meeting think, expectations, I would say. Yeah. I would say, too, that the Wilfs coming in, they've, you know, they've owned the club for about a year now. The Wilfs coming in with a net worth five times greater than the previous owner right off the bat set a lot of expectations that Orlando City was going to become the new the new Miami or the new LA, the new Atlanta in terms of what this club was going to spend. And, you know, maybe someday they will, but we haven't quite seen that. I mean, even the signings that they've made now, Fagundo Torres was a big signing. They definitely spent a lot of money on him. Gaston Gonzalez, who Muzi does talk about a little bit of also in that interview, um, was a few million dollars. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, he's a few million dollars. And I think that that is, Orlando, you know, fans want to see why aren't we signing Gareth Bale? Why aren't we signing, you know, the the Insignes and you know all these guys? But realistically speaking, this is still going to be a team that spends money. They just do it less flashy, and you know, that's I mean, I'll, I'll I'll take credit. Like, yeah, I certainly had got it in my own head that like Orlando City was maybe going to be in a better position for these windows to make big moves. But you yeah, know. but but Orlando did make good moves in the offseason coming into the season. Like it wasn't like bringing in uh, Richankara and Facundo Torres. Like those were good. No, and they bringing, did. Like uh, those so guys I'm, are certainly I, producing. Right. So I I don't think I was ever expecting anything in, in the summer other than maybe a complimentary piece or two, especially because we've lost a couple of those complimentary piece players. But like the club did more in the offseason in the right direction than we've seen in a very long time. Bringing in DPs who are you you brought in one who is kind of right around the prime of his career, right? Uh, in Kara, so you brought in someone who wasn't he wasn't on the back end. And then you bring someone in like Torres who is still you know coming up and still has 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 ways to improve and continue to get better and better and better. Like those are the types of signings you want to make where you've got DPs that still have room to grow and improve and aren't kind of already at their peak and about to drop down. Like I don't want Orlando bringing in a player like Gareth Bale. Why would you bring in a guy that is only going to play for, you know, four months to stay fit for the World Cup and then be done with you? Uh, and even the signings, even bringing in uh, Insigne to Toronto, I mean, it's a decent signing. But, like, again, that's someone who is getting ready to be on the back end of his career. So you might get something good out of it for, you know, maybe two seasons, maybe even three, right? And then that's someone who el- who's also kind of, you know, getting on the back end. I'm I'm fine with the, the more... Atlanta esque approach, where you it's mean Atlanta in... like pre, right? Twenty twenty, right? Basically. But right, the the approach that worked, which was bringing these guys who are younger, they still got room to grow. They're gonna grow. They're gonna improve. They're gonna be really good. They're gonna leave for a lot of money, and then you could use that money and reinvest it. Obviously, where Atlanta went wrong was not reinvesting that money in the right places. Hopefully, Orlando can invest the money in the right players and, and in the right things, but. I don't need uh, you don't need a big name signing it's just players who have the talent to work out and I think we've seen from uh Facundo and from from Urchon like the the talent is there it's just you know the whole team still has has ways to improve in smaller areas and I don't think anyone was expecting it overnight to be a, a title competitor but Orlando are a playoff team and that's what we were expecting coming into this year that's where it's going to end uh in this you know at the end of this year no so but I think, and listen I I completely, I'm fine with the strategy. You know, I love the the going younger, getting these guys who are maybe undervalued with the opportunity to sell them off down the road. Uh, I just think for this moment, for this summer, Orlando needs a couple of bona fide starters on this team right now. But I don't, to be but I don't think Orlando's, I don't I think know, Orlando's in a position to get them because they already spent the money in the offseason. Well, that's the problem. So there's not, is, there's is not the not. space. Well, there, there's not the space or the money in the midseason to get it. That's something you do in the next off season to continue to grow and make next year an even better year than this year. Now, if they don't, if they get to the off season, go hey, we're also not spending now. We also don't have the room now. Then it becomes a bigger issue. But I think I think typically mid season signings are made for if you're a really bad team 
and you have you're able to find a player who's coming from Europe who you know their season's over so you can bring them in kind of acclimate them but the goal is to have them for the next year or you're a championship fighting team and you're able to bring in you know one more piece to kind of put you over the top or try to put you over the top Orlando's not in either one of those positions so Orlando doesn't need to make well, one of those signings they may not be maybe roster spot wise or budget wise in that position to just add someone outright. But that's the kind of thing where if you feel like you need to add pieces, you can make moves happen to make that space. And, you know, like I said, Orlando needs a couple of players that they can do. And they have guys, you know, Muzi talked about, like I said, in the clip that they're Orlando, like next year, they're going to have guys coming off of contract this off season. That's going to open up. Hopefully a good amount of cap space. If got Gonzalez coming back they're they're clearly looking more down the road than they are in the moment. It's more of a long game than the short game, which it's fine. Um, but it's certainly, as far as, you know, Orlando City fans, we all, from the very beginning, we've ex- our expectations for this team have been high. You know, yeah, we know that more often than not, the results might suck, but we still expect them to be a competitive team. And I feel like right now, I mean, yeah, we've talked about this Eastern Conference being kind of a crapshoot and anybody can can prevail, but... If they really want to set themselves up, they they can go out and add a couple pieces if they really want to try for it. Um, but I mean, I'm a little disappointed. Obviously, it's early. We can see. Well, you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, I certainly had higher hopes that that we would see some kind of bigger moves to to bolster the standing. I mean, they're still very much in the Open Cup, and they you know they can win that, and then that would be a big boost for the club for the fan base. Yeah, certainly. And, so, and that's where I feel like things are things are where much they should boost, be. By the way. I think things are where they should be, being competitive in the Open Cup, still being pretty pretty solidly in a playoff spot, I would say. I think Orlando not making the playoffs would be a much bigger surprise than making it. I think things are still set up to make the playoffs. So I, I, I don't I don't necessarily agree that anything about this season is is lesser than expected. I don't really think any big pushes are needed to be made. I think it's do what you can with this core that's here. You've got the young core, some younger DPs kind of developing and taking this year to get acclimated, and then you have next year as the okay, we're getting, now we know, you know, we've gotten a full year to see what this core can do. We, we can get a real good feel for what, where we need to bring in stronger players and then and you have the money and you have the time to do that and acclimate them. Because that's the other thing with bringing in mid-season signings. You don't have the time to acclimate them. It's just kind of throwing to the wolves. And so that's something you typically would only take a risk on if there is a tangible goal that they are going to get you to. And I don't think... There's anything Orlando, any move Orlando could make that's going to change what the kind of expectation, like a successful season for Orlando is making the playoffs. Doesn't matter if they win or lose right away. It's just like made it to the to the semifinals of the Open Cup, and then it's making the playoffs. I think that's a really good season, and it sets you up to do better for the next year. I don't think anybody expected more. In fact, I think semifinals for the Open Cup is a bit of a surprise for a lot of people, whether they want to admit it or not. So I don't know. I think the better time to for a for a team in the position Orlando is in, the better time to try to make upgrades or add things is going to be in the off season when you have plenty of time to to fit them into a team, and not just try to find something that can, you know, help maybe fill a gap for the rest of the season. But by the time they get acclimated, and by the time they're kind of playing at their best, it's already the end of the season. And at that point, you know, what was the, what was the point of spending that money when you can just wait until the off season and and have plenty of time. Well, I mean, you've got that guy six months earlier to be ready for twenty twenty three. Instead yeah, of hoping yeah, that but he you you also early. like you also want to see what's available in the winter. Um, you have a lot of availabilities from Europe in the summer, but um, you know there there might be guys that their contracts are up in the summer of twenty three, or you know you're in discussions with people that that are coming in next year. There there's a lot on the table. You know they they players could sign a, a pre contract midway through the european season next year and come to orlando in the summer so right like like who's out there right now that orlando is not bringing in right who can you look out there and point at as like this is the guy that would make a difference and they're not doing it because i think if there were people like that it'd also be a different conversation if you could look at specific players and go this is the player that would make a difference even as a bit player you know like i can't think of anybody that you can point to there's not anybody that orlando's even been linked to 
that you can point at as this is a good role player to help improve things. Like I think that's the other thing. Like if you want to try to pry away an MLS player right now to to fill that depth gap, you're going to have to overpay because it's midseason. And then I think really if you were wanting to bring in someone who was just coming in from Europe, you're you're having to bring in someone that's too expensive for the club to afford. So I don't even think there's a smart move out there. It's not even, it's you know it's you could say you know they should do something all you want, but if there's not an actual thing to do, if there's not anything that would that would make an improvement, but would just be a high risk and a high cost to do, it's it's not worth doing if you don't know that there's going to be any positive effect. Well, I mean, there's not one player that's going to turn things around for Orlando City or take them to the next level, but we know they need fullback help, and we know that they need some depth on the wings because obviously they also just lost. Vander Vutter for the rest of the year, you know, being transferred out. They need help. They need depth. They need players that are going to be able to step on the field. You know, who they are, I don't know. I'm not I'm not the scout. I'm not the head of the scouting department. You know, that's for Muzi and Ricardo Morera to determine who those best players are for them. And they probably will be players that maybe we haven't heard of or we haven't heard much of prior. But, you know, we'll see. They, they just need to definitely make some moves. But I also, I get it. It depends what their goal is. Are they... Are they trying to win this year, or are they setting themselves up to hit the ground running next year? So we'll I mean, see. and the the team is not there to win this year. So I think I think if there is if there well, is a win, win now what? mentality, win what is the question? <laughs> well, that's that's what I mean. Like the team as it exists has the potential to win the Open Cup because look at how far they've made it. Mm-hmm. So uh, the other the only other thing you could try to upgrade for is try to win MLS Cup, and that's just I that's mean, just not happening. The gap well, is too big realistically no but at the same time like we said they're only eight points back of first place in the east the eastern conference is a crapshoot you get in you get all you got to do is get in and you never know yeah sure but orlando orlando is not comparable to either of the new york teams philadelphia uh in a single elimination playoff though anything can happen sure but that's not a team that is it is there are probably eight or nine teams ahead of orlando that are that are significantly better and for Orlando to get lucky enough to beat all of them in, in the, the Eastern Conference. Playoffs. Well in the Eastern Conference I'd say there's four or five. Yeah, but. probably. So I think I think to 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 bank on an extremely lucky Cinderella run in the playoffs. But I mean you're five months from now in a one off, they could be in a different spot. Yeah, it's I'm given I'm a couple not. more new pieces. Yeah, I, I, it's I don't think that's a realistic expectation and I think the club has kind of realized that too. The realistic expectation is make the playoffs, establish that you are consistently a playoff team, maybe win a game in the play, you know, win one round of the playoffs, and that's that's pretty good. And then continue to retool and and fit the pieces around the star players that you have, and go from there. But I think bringing in midseason serves no. There is no noticeable benefit that could happen anytime soon. Okay. It's all it's but, all it's all high risk and 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 the right. reward is, you take a high risk to make it to the conference semifinals instead of getting knocked out in the first round and that to me is a waste of money. And with that we've already shot 15 minutes past. Yeah, Austin's. well, you know, I didn't <laughs> want to stop you guys. I would have, yeah, but I didn't, yeah. uh, you know, good conversation makes good content. So, let's wrap up the show with our weird news, red cards and where are they now. So, uh I'll start off with where are they now with this edition, the Orlando Pride edition of former left back Carson Piggott. Remember her? Played 39 games for the Pride over the course of uh, two years, technically, from 2018 to 2020. Um, she was transferred in February of 2021, um, but she really didn't play in 2020 because she was loaned to... Uh, the Cypriot First Division in Apalolan until November in 2020, since, you know, the Pride had their whole 2020 canceled, basically. So, technically two years with the Pride. Uh, Since then, she has gone on to play uh, a number of games with North Carolina. She has been one of their best players and, in fact, has played so well that she has gotten a call-up to the U.S. Women's National Team where she made a history by becoming the first player with a limb difference to play for the U.S. national team. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, where are they now for uh, Florida's own Carson Pickett. Of course, Pretty Carson impressive. being uh, from uh, Fleming Island, 
just near Jacksonville, which I'm sure Gavin is somewhat familiar with. Yes. A little bit north of Jacksonville, yeah. Yeah. She went to St. John's County Day School, or Country Day School, which is in uh, Orange Park. And then also went to FSU, where she won a national championship. So, that that's uh, Carson Pickett. Congrats to her for making uh, her debut for the women's national team, and being uh, making history. Okay, time for weird news. Oh, I've got you. I, I mean, prepared. I I always know you've you've got me. Oh, I am. Okay, Go. this is a good one. So. Uh, Metal Gear Solid creator Hideo Kojima was misidentified <laughs> as the assassin who murdered former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. The best part of this is, this is not the first time he has been misidentified as someone involved in a very heinous crime. Alright, well you took mine. <laughs> Continue. Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I saw that happen like, and it was just like... Yeah, like pictures are going viral of, of him being misidentified and it was it was, it was was quite funny because clearly not him and like it's not funny because the whole thing is like you know whatever it's a big deal and blah 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 but it's kind of funny that like this is not the first like kojima's at it again it's the master plan gavin i'm assuming you don't have a backup do you <laughs> i'm looking all right um i guess i will i will go next um so there the this one, okay, never mind. I'm not going to do that one because that one is not ideal. This one is much better. A Brazilian influencer was forced into wheelchair over trap farts. We talked about this one uh, many months ago, but there has been an update to it. Uh, we talked about this. Um, uh, oh, you're Victoria right, we de did. Morales. Yeah, yeah. So we talked about her <laughs> trapped farts situation. This is an update to it because she had unbearable pain at the airport and because she, she didn't want to fart around her new boyfriend. Um Apparently she's now in a wheelchair. <laughs> so not ideal. Uh, she was in the hospital in March after reluctance to fart around her significant other. So doctors were allowed to able to relieve the singer. And then she's Wait, out of the wheelchair now. Out. Okay. She's out of the wheelchair now, but like still not ideal. It, it, it's fine. Pretty. Girls like just, it's not gross. I'm not saying that in a lovingly way, but everyone Austin, does it. Or I mean, Austin, Gavin just wants uh, all the ladies to fart. It's okay. It's, uh, it's, it's natural, guys. Just, just don't, don't, don't worry don't, about don't. it. It's one thing to hold it in to be polite. It, like if you're in a, you know, a crowded environment or you're, you know, around a lot of people or you're around like old people, old people tend to get really offended by flatulence, uh, which is kind of weird to me. Cause like, again, everyone does it. So, like and if if it happens and someone's like oh excuse me like whatever like it's no big deal that's life but it's just to do it to the point where you're in a wheelchair like you've got a problem mm-hmm. all right gavin have you had enough time to find another one yeah we've got um a lot of folks at home might have heard this it's a uh, town in south florida is in forced to quarantine because of a invasive african snail over mm. a thousand of these giant little guys in the picture in this news story, it's probably the size of like a fruit almost. Like these things are massive. Um, 29 properties have come up positive for the snail so far in Newport Ritchie, um, a town in South Florida. Um, don't know how they got there, but they are uh, running amok in this town. And, uh, you know, if there's one thing Floridians love, it's being told to quarantine. So I'm sure <laughs> things are going pretty well down there. Oh, it's also those, those things are as the size of a rat. Yeah, so someone this, although the snails are harmless, this particular species is among the most damaging snails in the world, and they pose a serious health risk to humans as they carry a uh, carry the parasite rat lungworm, which can cause meningitis. So I don't know why it says that they're harmless, but then in the next very same sentence says that they pose a serious health risk to humans. So, uh, so someone they can grow up to eight inches long, about the size of a standard coffee mug. Someone had uh, tweeted out, obviously, there was the headline, Florida once again has giant calamitous snails that spew parasitic brainworms, to which someone replied, damn, some of us just call him Marco Rubio. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. 
All right. And now to finish out the show, red cards or playing advantage. Anyone got one today? Um, I'll play advantage to uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Which I am seeing I, today. Yeah, I rather enjoyed it. It was it was an enjoyable movie. It's not perfect. I didn't think it was a, as good as Ragnarok, but I think Ragnarok was like next level good. But it was it was quite fun. I really enjoyed it. A good movie. Good to know. Um, I'll play advantage. What we do in the shadows season four comes out this week. Very excited for that. One of the best shows on TV. Um, we get to see what happens with Baby Colin Robinson. Um, so you know. That's going to be exciting. Um, it looks like they're having a big rave this year. So, you know, a lot of good stuff going on with the uh, the good old game out in Staten Island. So. And I'll just kind of put my generic red card to Florida weather for making me sit around until 1 a.m. <laughs> at the stadium. That's that's pretty much all I got. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's um, awesome. Listen, you know, been there, buddy. Um, not fun. Definitely don't miss those days of getting out at one, two o'clock in the morning. So. Well, you had a two-hour drive as well. Yes, yes, those were not good. No. Getting home at four a.m. not ideal. Well, well when I li- when I mostly went to Orlando City games, my drive was like just over an hour. So, not still not great, but you know, wasn't terrible. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair enough. Okay. Well, that'll do it for this week of the Orlando Soccer Show. We've just gone a little bit over an hour, so not not too terrible, not too far over what we said we were going to do. So with that, what you said, what in. you said we were going to uh, do, not uh, what we said. Shh, shh. <laughs> Semantics. Anyways, thanks for tuning into another edition of the Orlando Soccer Show. We'll be back next week. We'll see you later. Bye bye. You're dirty brown water trash, and you're always going to be dirty brown. Water trash!